Hello, everybody. How are y'all doing? It's so weird just to kind of like turn the music off and then it's just silent. Um, yeah, I hope everyone's doing well. Welcome to episode 98. And um, yeah, this was a really fun conversation. Um, it's kind of deep, uh, a little bit emotional. So hope you're all prepared for that. And uh, yeah, Mindy's a great person. So, um, you know, she's she's in a, a different part in her journey and she's trying to figure out everything. And um, I hope I helped a little to kind of nudge her in that direction. Um, and again, so let's get to this episode and uh, everybody, let's clap into it. Well, oh, that's right. That's not it. No. There we go. Yay. It's clap. All right, I'm an idiot. All right, guys, um, on to our guest. Okay, guys, back again. Um, as I stated on the last episode, uh, of course, I do these so far in advance that, you know, I have to remember where the time frame, but doing this in November here. And uh, so I got a bunch of people from uh, Facebook uh, that wanted to do it. And uh, this is the second person. Uh, her and I had a nice conversation the other day. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to have her on. Um, we've had a lot of people on with chronic illnesses. And uh, so this one will fall into that core category as well. Um, so why don't you just, like, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little about yourself. Sure. I'm Mindy Rogers. I live in Iowa. I am disabled. Um, I am home most days due to health conditions. Um, I have probably 14 diagnoses, and I've had uh, at least 10 back surgeries, so I I don't get out much. Right. Uh, I believe you said... When we talked about it, did you say you took 32 pills a day or something like that? Uh, it's 25 prescriptions. Some of them are three times a day. Some of them are four times a day. Right. Um, most of them are just once a day, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. And they, they, I have. No, I was, ahead, I was just going to ask you, like, how how did your doctors, like, make it so that they didn't counteract and, like, affect each other? Because that happens a lot of times when people take a bunch of medications certain ones don't mix well with the other. Right. And that's one nice thing. The doctors here have a program where all of my doctors are on it. Mm-hmm. So they share the records between the four of them. And uh, I do blood tests every four weeks to make sure that they're not doing harm. And they just, they really keep an eye on the medications. Right. Well, well, that's that's good to have that because I, I don't even know how you keep track of all that. Yeah. My husband does my pills for me, thank heavens, because I used to do them and it just, sometimes it gets overwhelming and you get sad and you just can't follow through. Yeah, I understand. Um, so, obviously, I guess we should just start from the very beginning of, of all the things that you do have. Um, any of the things that you do have, uh, are they f- from birth or did they develop over time? 
they developed over time, but they are hereditary, the majority of them. Mm. Um, I was diagnosed for sure with RA and fibromyalgia in 2014. Back when they didn't have the blood work for the fibromyalgia, they do now, but um, I tested positive for the rheumatoid arthritis and uh, I have depression. I've had both of my knees replaced, diabetes, uh, fibro and and rheumatoid arthritis. I had a spinal fusion, which they've had to repair four times. And I've had many discs that they've fixed that have bulged. I have a spinal cord stimulator, um, chronic pain, uh, my thyroid, hypothyroidism, anxiety, and I ended up having to have a full hysterectomy when I was 25. Wow. Now, are, do you just have really bad luck, or are the, all, these all kind of <laughs> come from one thing? Like, if fibromyalgia was kind of the, like, you know, I don't know, like the planet and everything else is within it. Like, is it, yeah. is it all one thing that caused all this, or is it just a bunch of different things, and like I said, you have really bad luck? Um, the fibro... There's other people in my family that have it. The rheumatoid arthritis, nobody's been diagnosed with that as of yet. They do say that's hereditary. Mm-hmm. And the diabetes, that's hereditary. My dad had it. Okay, yeah. And, of course, I mean, like, I know stuff like depression and things like that come from, I don't I think we, we talked about the other day, like, I don't I don't know a person with a disability that doesn't have depression and some sort right. of anxiety. Um yeah. But yeah, there's so many other things like with your knees. What about stuff like that? Like with your knees and back and uh, the hysterectomy. Um, the arthritis. Yeah, the arthritis just ate away at my knees. And they tried to fix them. Uh, they packed them up for quite a few years. And then I think it was about six years ago, mm-hmm. I had one done and then they did the other one because the cartilage in there was just gone and the menisco was gone. Okay. Um, so when did you start seeing any effects from any of, I guess, fibromyalgia or whatever started first? Um, I think it was back in about 2009. I knew there was something wrong, but I kept it to myself. I had just graduated college and, and started a good job. And so I didn't want anybody to know what was going on. And then by... 2013 it was really bad and I couldn't hide it anymore and that's when I sat down and talked to my husband about it we went to the doctor and that's when they started uh running tests to figure out what all was wrong and and yeah it was about 2014 when we when we got the final answers what was going on and wow five years yeah um, so you had, you, did you have any real problems before 2009? I, I had body pains and obvious arthritis, but I never thought it was that bad. I didn't know that's what was causing the pain and fibromyalgia. Right. So, yeah. Um, I always like to like figure out what people's mindsets were before anything you know, goes haywire. So what were you like as far as, I don't know, did, did you take anything for granted or like how, how did you treat your life before knowing all this chronic pain and everything that was coming down the, the, the road? 
I totally took it for granted. I mean, you have to mourn the life you've lost, but you also have to know this is your new life and get used to it. But, I mean, we both worked at the time. My husband and I both had great jobs. And when I stopped working, I took the money for granted and the thing, getting to go do things for granted and having real friends and family around I took for granted. Yeah. Yeah, I once heard someone say, like, you need to, like, kind of want change. You need to kind of, like, just take the change and, and just accept it and, and just know that change is coming and so on. But this is such a huge change when your life is, like, for me, I was four, so I didn't really have much of a say. I didn't really, really know much as far as, I knew my life was different, but, you know, I was so young that I didn't have that process of what life was and what's precious and what's not, so... Um, yeah. but I know a lot of people who just, unless they were born with something, you know, when, when life just changes in the middle of your adulthood and you have your life mm-hmm. together and you have to just learn how to live a life that's completely opposite or in a total different direction than you were going. Uh, yeah. it, it takes a long time. Like, I think, I, I think they say like, a lot of people say like six months go by where it's kind of numb. And then you yeah. start to kind of grieve. Like most people around you are kind of dealing with it in a worse way than you are. Whereas you're just kind of like stuck and, and just, like I said, numb and just in like a trance where you just don't know what the hell's going on. And then yeah. when it finally, when you finally come to terms with it, then it's, it's really hard for a while. Yeah. And when something new happens that it's hard, like I use a mobility scooter Mm-hmm. And I struggled with that for the longest time because if you look at me, if I don't have shorts on, you can't tell that my knees are replaced. If you're not looking at my back, you can't tell that I've had surgery on that. You can't see any of my issues. So the invisible illness, I feel like people, I'm overweight too. So I'm worried that people will think that I'm just fat and lazy and that's why I do a scooter. But then I think I don't have to, my life to them I'm using the scooter so I can be in the store and have time with my husband and my family and I need to use the medical aid that I have available and so that I shame myself and I think a lot of disabled people do that yeah we I mean because we have moments where people are looking or laughing or, or whatever or, or we watch enough TV or whatever and you see comments online and it all yeah. adds up to that they're always talking about you. And you could be in a right. room with another person and they're making fun of them, but you still think it's about you. Um, yeah. And it's just it, it's just the insecurity of and just feeling, you know, we know we're different. Um, mm-hmm. And some people are more visibly different, in, like in your case, than others. And obviously there are people that have just, you know, ate themselves into a chair and they collect yeah. disability and they are the joke of the disability community because they're not, they, they cause their disability and ours just came to us without any notice. Um, right. And so, I, I, yeah, I understand your feeling of, you know, just you're constantly overthinking and beating yourself up. But, yeah, you got to live your life and you got to try to, you know, and I say this to myself and anyone else that's listening, but <clears throat> you kind of just have to try to shut that off and just say shut up and I got I gotta, still got to live. And, you know, mm-hmm. people are going to be who they are and, and so be it. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, it's, have, have you had any trouble with, you know, I don't know, cause I, I think I told you the other day, like I, I know someone who was denied access because of their, 
the mobility or what they're using to get into certain buildings and stuff. In his case, it was an aquarium. Have you had any people just denying you access to anything just because of your, your scooter? No, but I noticed it's a lot harder to get into places. We had general elections here on Tuesday. <clears throat> right. And had my husband not been with me, it said for curbside voting, come inside and get assistance or call the county auditor. And it was five o'clock. The county auditor's already closed. Mm-hmm. So had he not been with me, I wouldn't have been able to get through the doors to go in there to vote because they didn't have handicap accessible doors. And this is a new school that we were voting at. So right. it's not like it's grandfathered in or anything. But then when we get in there, uh, everybody was very helpful. But the fact of getting in there was the issue. Right. Um, for For you, like... Do you ever feel like you'll be fully comfortable with having a disability or like being where you're at right now in your life? Because I know people that are in the beginning stages of it's just happening to them and now they're like in horrified or whatever. And then I know people that are just kind of content with it. They're, they don't have a choice and it's just like, well, I've been doing this for 30 years or whatever. And, you know, maybe it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but I'm I'm good with being deaf, blind, so on and so on. Um like, you know, I know you said this kind of started in 2009, but didn't get a diagnosis to 14 or 15. So, you know, obviously some years have been passed from that, six years from that. So, um, you know, your comfortability, like, has it improved? And then also, um, you know, do you feel like you'll ever get to a point where you're just like, okay, you know, I'm happy with what this is? I feel like every time I resign myself to this is your life, something new happens. Uh, we were at the doctor last month for a checkup on my back surgery, and they found a ton of arthritis at the base of my spine. So now we're waiting for some other tests that they may have to fuse my hip to the F1 of my lower spine. So it just seems like every time I, I, I'm okay with it, this is what I have, something else comes down the pipeline. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's, and that, that becomes even when life does slow down a little bit and when, and when you kind of settle in, even when things aren't happening in a negative way, you're still looking like over your shoulder, like when's it coming? And and it's just, you know, it's kind of like if you get into a car accident and, and then the next time you get in a car, you start driving slower and you start just like hitting the brakes too soon. And you're, cause you're just, Mm -hmm. you're just, yeah, you're, you're gun shy as far as, what could happen and yeah and then in your case so many bad things continue to keep happening it's hard to really process one thing when another thing happens it's like oh yeah that other thing happened too i can't forget that and uh it's yeah because the arthritis will just continue to eat away at my body and rheumatoid arthritis will attack your organs as well so well it seems like you have a very supportive husband I do. I'm very lucky. We've been married 22 years. We have two sons. That's awesome. And they're, they're grown and out of the house. Right. Well, that's awesome because I just interviewed someone uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, she has a chronic regional pain syndrome. And um, it's this, like, condition where, like, everything, like, her pain tolerance, like, when she, she were to hit her foot on a table – it feels like she shattered it. Like her pain sensors are so off and 
Um, it's all from just falling down the steps and, and, and just certain incidents that happened to her. But she she's very weak as far as uh, physically because she you know she bumps into something it, it can really cripple her. Um, and she she talked you know I got to interview her husband the episode after just to kind of you know see what he does for her because you know the caregivers don't give it enough credit and you know it's very beautiful to see someone who supports the other person no matter what they got through because he was kind of going down this road of oh my god like I don't know if I can do this because when you say to death do us part you really don't know what that entails other than you know okay maybe some infidelity or some sort of you know whatever you don't you don't really know what kind of tragedies could actually happen to the other person and when people right. actually stick through with you with that, uh, mm-hmm. and in your case, everything that you've been thrown at, and the fact that he still stays is is got to be a testament to obviously you as a wife, but in your marriage and the bond you have. Yeah, and I know it. In some of the support groups I've been in, um, people will lose their spouse because the spouse just can't take it anymore. But I'm very very thankful because he worked over 40 hours a week then he comes home he makes dinner i make him lunch in the afternoon because it's something easy but he makes dinner when he comes home he's the one that cleans he's the one that does the laundry i can sometimes sweep but i can't finish to get it in the dustpan and i can't push a vacuum i can use the little slipper duster uh, type thing but yeah he does 95% of the work here in the house. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's amazing that he's willing to accept that. I mean, obviously, like I said, that's kind of what he signed up for. But again, you don't really know what you're signing up for. And the fact that someone mm-hmm. wants to continue that because, you know, you're a really sweet person and, and you've been through so much. And it, it, a lot of people will see what you've been through and go, oh, that's terrible. But that doesn't mean they're going to stay. They may feel for you, yeah. but they don't want to do anything for you and um how, yeah. how much does that weigh on you just as because and I, and I say this not just to put you down but because I feel that way sometimes too with just you know I can't drive so people yeah. I always have to count on someone to drive me and there's a lot of times I feel like a burden to those people even if it's my grandmother mm-hmm. my mother friends family whatever I feel like I'm just you know in the way or whatever um yeah and obviously you in a much bigger situation here because of everything and the house chores and all that so how, how do you kind of get past those thoughts when you know it's hard and i can honestly say it's at least once or twice a week that he has to remind me that it's death to us part because i feel guilty i i sat in a i use a lift chair in the house mm-hmm. um which lifts you up and sets you down so And basically, I'm in that chair most of the day watching TV or or just uh, doing word searches and things like that. And I I just feel lazy, but I'm not lazy. I'm preserving the little bit of energy I have and trying not to make any of my conditions worse. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's something I think a lot of people don't realize is how one little thing you could do, you bend over the wrong way or whatever, you could cause more damage than you already have. And even when you do yeah. stay still, you know, things continue to happen anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And that's got to be another problem when it comes to you, because you were talking about just, you know, being a bigger woman as far as 
you know, and obviously you're not that big, but you know, just someone who can't because <laughs> you're in a chair and you know, and it's like you can't really exercise because you can't really move as much as you would like, and so right. it's this constant, you know. Is there, is, is there any real exercises you can do as far as like the doctors have just said, Hey, you know, even if it's like moving your feet or, or, you know, flexing your hands or something like, is there anything you can do to just kind of stay active even a little bit? Yeah. I get up and walk around probably every half hour. I'll do a couple of loops around the dining room and I got one of those little um, pedal things where like a bicycle pedal that right. you can do setting down. I use that every once in a great while, but mostly it's just getting up and walking around the house or taking the dogs out. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I guess by doing this and interviewing everyone, I, I I get to a certain point where I I really appreciate my life more because I, I realize how much restriction restrictive your life is. And, you know, there's times I'm laying and I'm depressed and I, you know, it's like, but I can get up and I can do this and I can do that. And it's like, why are you so depressed when your life isn't the best, but it's damn sure not the worst. And, um, yeah, you still have a life at least. Right. And, and you don't realize how much your life is impact. I mean, that's, and that's why mental health is so important to me because mental health is really the most crippling part of it for me anyway, is because I, when I go to feel like I have confidence to go to do something it's like nah why bother you know this and just continues to say no don't do it because of this and that and it's just this you know constant loop back and forth of you know every time I get to a point where I'm feeling good eh, it just goes right back to the beginning of well but this and um yeah but that's why I love doing this so much because again meeting everyone and realizing you know and, and working with some of the people that I have and it's like I realize I have both arms and I have both legs and Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it just, yeah, like I said, I always feel terrible because it, it's not, that's something you're looking for, but I genuinely care for you and I, you know, we become friends and, you know, I genuinely want nothing but good for you, but I, you know, I yeah. feel your pain as far as just not being able to do anything, um, as, at least not as much as you would like to do anyway. Yeah. And if I know it's hard on the family for the longest time I felt before I was diagnosed, I always thought it was just in my head. It was just me thinking that there was something wrong with me. And then my family has been very accepting. They, my sister, um, we have to go to Omaha, Nebraska to go to the medical center to see my rheumatologist. And she'll take me down there if Scott can't go or my mom will take me down there. And it's just nice to know who you really can depend on because a lot of my friends, I don't even talk to anymore. I've got, they're on my Facebook page, but they don't call and check on me anymore. It's my family that calls and checks on me. Right. Yeah. It's, I think, and back to just the depression and stuff like that. When you may have some really good people in your life, but it seems like every time you need someone to call you when you just, you're at your worst, that's when no one calls you and you just, yeah. and then that's when you start questioning everything, even if it's your family or whatever, even when it's like unrealistic, even if it's your husband, you're like, oh, my husband doesn't care. It's like, oh yeah, he's working or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you know, not to try to make myself sound like an angel or anything, but that's why I really, I put myself in a lot of people's shoes because I've been there and, and I, I still battle my depression. And, and so I try to check on everybody I can, especially the people I've interviewed because I get it. Like, it's just, you know. Oh yeah, mental health does not get the spotlight like it needs. No. Every I 
think just about everybody struggles from mental health issues from one degree to another. But yeah, they it's not talked about. It's still taboo and and we need to talk about it because everybody gets anxious, but some I get depression sometimes where I don't want to get out of bed for two days and Scott has to tell me, Come on, honey, get up, take a shower, you'll feel better, I'll make you something to eat. But you just don't want to. You don't think you're worthy or you're struggling with some demon that in your body that you're just depressed. Yeah. Yeah. And then even when you feel good or you feel happy, then it's like, what the hell am I so happy about? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. You can't even. <laughs> accept <Mood swingers>. it. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, but I mean, like I said, that, that's why I think it's so important to keep in touch with all these people for me because I see them all and I see, you know, and some are in better places mentally and physically or whatever, but they, Mm -hmm. it's just always nice to know someone who's like you is around and they care. Um, right. And so, you know, and when I said that to you the other day about just, you know, you know, if you ever need me or whatever, I didn't, of course I didn't know really much about you. I only knew a little bit about your story, so I didn't know how bad it was. And, um, you know, again, now I really mean it just because, you know, like I said, it's, it, it sucks because, like I said, depression is just horrible and, you know, you have many reasons to be sad, but yeah. you're still alive and unfortunately there are people whose lives are worse than yours. Um, exactly. There's people that yeah. are doing this alone. They don't have a husband or a wife and they right. don't have good family members and friends and kids and all that and, you know, they don't have the doctors that you have and the medication and, you know, there's just people and there's people that, you know, can walk or do more things than you, but they, there's things that you have in your life that they would love to have. And, um, yeah, it's just, that's why weird life is so weird and just twisted. You talked about the doctors and insurance is a big thing. I did not have insurance before. And I think that's part of what took so long. I, I have um, Medicare now and Medicaid, so most of my stuff is covered, but that is a whole other issue that doesn't get the light it needs either. There are so many people out there that don't have coverage that can't go to the doctor. It just drives me crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's so, yeah, again, we just, we really can't, you know, especially in our situation, because we have so much going on with our own physical stuff, it's really hard to kind of research and look at all the other people that are struggling for whatever other reason. And mm-hmm. it, there's so many people that are just getting just fucked over just royally. And, and, and you just don't know it because it's not your yeah. situation. There's people that yeah. are absolutely disabled and they can't even get on disability because they're fighting right. it. Yep. Yeah. It took me, I got denied three times. We got a lawyer after the first time. And then when we went to court, um, I told him the list of medications I was on. And at the time I was on morphine for pain. And, and he was just like in awe that they had denied me for so many times. And he's like, no, I'm going to approve you. But that's like, we have medical cannabis here in Iowa. That, uh, but you have to buy it from a place called Med Farm. There's like, three stores in Iowa, I think, but it's so expensive, you can't afford it. So I go to South Dakota and buy something called Delta 8, and it's some derivative of marijuana. My son 
explained it to me. I, I don't know all the details, but I use it instead of going and paying $80 for a, it's $80 for a vape at MedFarm for CBD, THC. But the Delta 8 from South Dakota is only $35. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah, like I said, there, there, yeah, there are so many more hurdles that a lot of people don't know. Like if you're just a person who has insurance and you know, a lot of people just have like their work insurance and it's, yeah. it's decent. Um, some people's are better than others, depending on how big the company is and how much the company cares about their employees and all that. Um, right. But I mean, there's, there's people that, you know, whether they have insurance or not, it's, you know, even if you do have, uh, you know, a disability and you're not on insurance, you know, if, if you don't like, I like with you, like having all those medications, like, I don't know what, if you didn't have insurance, I mean, how many thousands upon thousands of dollars would your bills be every month? Yeah. We still pay about $200 a month in copay for my medication. It's not great, but that, that doesn't sound as bad as it should no, be. No insulin. Yeah. Insulin is crazy i thank god that uh my diabetes are controlled by metformin they -hmm. take a pill three times a day and that keeps me in check but it's just like god damn what are you supposed to do right sorry (laughs) no you're fine yeah 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 it's yeah you know you know because when it rains it pours type of ordeal like when it just continues something it's always something um yeah and you know i thought my friend paul was bad because he has 14 different medications for many different things, but you kind of blow him out of the water. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, so like for you, like what is, you know, this is a very weird question maybe to ask, but what, what gets you up? What makes you happy? Like what, what, what is it that you feel? Cause there, there, we all go through a point in our lives where even myself, where I, I honestly didn't know what I was living for. I was living if you asked me some years back, I would have said, I'm just living for my mother and my grandmother. And if they would have passed the next day, I probably would have killed myself. Um, and that's a dark way of saying it, but that's really how I felt. Yeah. That's really what I said back then. Um, and then I kind of developed just, okay, I don't, maybe I'm not living for them. Maybe now I'm just in this weird, just dark place of what, do, what am I living for? I mean, I hope I find something to hold on to, uh, even if it's for my, right. my cat or whatever. And so then I started mm-hmm. the podcast and things like that. And, you know, I started finding a reason. I started finding my voice and all that. So, like, for you, what 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 is it that kind of keeps you going and what do you feel like you're living for? You know, it, it sounds crazy, but um, we get up in the morning. We get up about 5.30, and I have a little chihuahua named Momo, and she gets so freaking excited when she sees us in the morning, and that just puts a smile on my face. No matter how bad I feel, I just, I get excited and see that face and she has no teeth and she's had a rough life. She's 14, I think. And it's like, if that little dog can get up and be that damn happy every day, then I'm going to do it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, that's, you know, sometimes you have to simplify everything. And um, if you think everything is so like extraordinary, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm living because of, you know, obviously, you know, of course, your husband and your kids and stuff like that. But like sometimes, you know, and I've said this on here many times, but if, if it's like, hey, I'm living to see the next season of some show, it's like, well, mm-hmm. OK, and it's not it's not coming out for the next three months. It's like, well, that means you're going to stay alive for three more months. So it's buying yeah. your time. And maybe <laughs> when that show comes out, maybe you'll find another reason. And and then another reason after that. And, and it just, 
it's something that you're holding on to and you're holding on for some reason, regardless if you know what that is or not, it's something mm-hmm. that's there. So that means it's, it's a positive and, and, right. and animals is obviously a huge thing for me. Uh, mm-hmm. animals is one thing that I'm so like, it, it's just there, the innocence and the, just the love I have for animals because you kind of know where you stand with them. There's really, you know, you're not going to get cheated on. You're not going to get, you know, there's no ghosting and disloyalty. And for the most part with animals, they are who they are and, uh, you know where they stand. So, and you know, that you get a lot of love and and they kind of know when you're hurting and so on. So, um, they do, they really sense that. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of energy you can just absorb from them where it's just, Mm -hmm. you feel goodness and you know, it's, uh, they can, you know, kind of heal you, you know, your emotional pain anyway. And that's why they have a lot of those, you know, emotional support animals. That's why they send like emotional support cats and dogs to these like nursing homes where these people are just, they're unhappy. They don't want to be there, but it's like yeah. a little cat or a dog jumps up on their bed and it distracts their mind of just, you know, feeling like their life is over. Even if it's for five minutes, it's something. Yeah. My son has fibromyalgia as well. And his boyfriend got him, or I'm sorry, his fiance, they're getting married next October. Um, but he got him a golden lab. And that thing, when Brayden's hurting, honey knows, and she goes and lays on him mm-hmm. to put pressure on him. Right. And to help, you know, it helps. She's a big dog. And so it helps with the pain. Yeah. Uh, how much is your son kind of leaned on you for like advice on how to kind of combat the fibromyalgia. We've kind of done it together because it was about the same time that we both found out we had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess that's something uh, it sucks to say that's something you can bond on, but um, yeah. yeah, at least you, you kind of, he has you to kind of know what, what that can be like and he doesn't feel alone because again that's something we talked about the other day as well as um i actually have learned a lot from him because he had hypogammaglobulin anemia when he was a baby Mm -hmm. he never grew his immune system so he was in and out of the hospitals a lot and he did infusions once a month and he did those for about seven years and when I went for my first infusion, I was so scared and he went with me and he held my hand while they put the IV in because I was so scared. And he was only 17 then. And I still have some of the nurses he had, I have, and they remember him still because I used to um, make him new pajamas every month. I would make him little scrubs to wear to his infusion and they remember him. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so for you, like, have you done any kind of like advocacy or anything? Not really. We honestly, what we put our energy into is the LGBTQIA plus community because our son is gay. Um, my nephew is trans and I myself am bi and that to me is more important than in the health right now, the health concern. I because they're both big issues right now, but I definitely would rather fight for my son or my nephew than medical, if that makes sense. No, I understand, but the, the only the only thing I would counter that with is that 
there are a lot of people fighting for your son and, and, you know, anyone who's going through that. Not to say that there still doesn't need to be work or some change, but there are people, a lot of people fighting for those causes at this point in time. They have a huge organization. But when it comes to, like, your issues um, and my issues and, and, and many others like us, there's not enough. Um, and it doesn't mean you can't fight for his causes, but you also should fight for your own because there are a lot of people like you who don't ever have the courage to ever come on a podcast or write a book or do a YouTube channel or blog or whatever to, um, you know, in a way expose, but also just, you know, bring to light all the pain and suffering that you go through. And maybe there are some things out there that can make your life a little easier or better. Um, but people don't know you exist. Um, and there's a lot of people that, again, like we said, back to the feeling alone, there's a lot of people like you who, are in your house and you can't do a lot and they feel like they are alone, um, that there's no one like you specifically. And there are plenty. Um, and if you don't, you know, for me, I just from my own point of view, I always feel like I'm doing a disjustice when I'm not sticking up and fighting for us because, you know, I know what it's like to feel alone. I know what it's like to, uh, you know, just feel hopeless and that there's no one out there that could possibly know what I'm going through. And, and there's millions of us. And Yeah, I honestly didn't think about it. And that's one bad thing. You usually put everybody else's priorities before yours. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's, a mo- that's the mother in you, too. <laughs> but you, sh- you should definitely consider whether it's podcasting or a book or some sort of, you know, whatever's easier for your health. Because one of the things we talked about um, is working around your schedule for your medicine so we can do this podcast. Um, so you, you always, you know, we all, that's something, as a person with a disability, that's what we do. We, we figure out how to make life, you know, get acclimated to our, our lifestyle. You know, it's a life yeah. that we're not, ma- you know, it's not made for us, but we find a way to fit in somehow. And um, Yeah. And so, I do... Methotrexate on Wednesdays. It's a small dose of chemotherapy, and it you get sick in the evening, or I do, and then I'm tired all day Thursday. And that's we were going to do this a little bit earlier, but I was laying down, and yeah, you do. You gotta you gotta work around it, right? But I mean, I think it would be even even if you just have an Instagram channel or something where you just show a day in your life and just. Just things that are constantly, because sh- like I said, a lot of people try to glorify everything and make everything seem happy, and, and it doesn't mean there's nothing good in your life, but we we try to delete all the bad stuff because we don't want, we're either embarrassed to show that part, or, yeah, we just we just don't want to look like anything's bad. Like, everything's got to seem happy-go-lucky and, and all that, and, you know, yeah. there's a lot of people that can really learn from what we go through, and, what, and it's you specifically, where you just can show your your life and even like I said it doesn't have to be a video it could just be audio it could just be some sort of you know audio book or something you put out to the world to just you know like I said there's a lot of that's people a that, good idea. yeah because there's so many people I, struggling and you know you yeah you do have a voice and, and it's and, and it's something to look forward you know forward to and that's something we struggle with is, is constantly looking for something for happiness, something that makes us like, gives us some sort of like charge of like, Oh, can't wait for that. Um, yeah. 
And it's something that you, you can just, like I said, with this podcast, I started it. And of course, as soon as I started it, when I didn't care about numbers and downloads and all that, then I started to care about it. And then, you know, but then I start looking for it like, oh, I'm never going to find guests. And then I find more guests. And I, I, I constantly get this little fix of, you know, this dopamine high of, of oh, I'm yeah. doing something good. And for you, you, you do have a lot to offer the world for, you know, how courageous you are, how strong you are for what you you know, like I said, you, you have no reason to get up. You could give up. And I don't think a lot of people would give, you know, I'm mean, obviously your husband and certain people would be mad at you, but I think from the outside world, they would just look at you and go like, yeah, she should give up. And I don't think you should. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy you're alive. I'm happy you exist. But you know, for everything that you go through, it's like, Jesus, like you're suffering. And a lot of times and it's like, why would someone want to go through that? But you have, if you take that and turn it into a positive, and if you do believe in God or you believe in any kind of alternate world or whatever, you know, you're obviously here for a reason. And so it's like, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're going to sit there and you have time to think, you have time to create, you have time to do stuff. Yes. It may not be, uh, as quick as you would like to get it out or, you know, you may have to take time, may take months or whatever, but you have the time, might as well do something with it. And you might as well do something impactful because, you know, you have a real legitimate story that could, obviously melt hearts, but also just impact and inspire others to just know that, you know, not only is life harder, but again, there's someone out there like them. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> no, well. I, I care about you. I really do. I know we just met and, but I, I, I genuinely feel your pain and it, it, physically and emotionally. And it, it's, it's sad, but I know you're here and I'm not, and you're not on this podcast to make, you know, have everyone feel bad for you. That's not what you intended. And, yeah. and I, and, you know, and again, you're, you're old enough to be mature enough to know that like, yeah, life can suck. And, you know, yeah, my life isn't great, but again, you're, you're still here. You're, I mean, you did laugh a minute ago. So you, you can smile. You have the ability to have emotions. You're not just cold hearted, even though you could say fuck life because life is, is terrible. Every time I, every, any news I get is bad. And, and, you know, but yeah. you, you continue to just get out of bed and I don't know how that's not inspiring to anyone because you know my life is not as hard as yours and it inspires me um and yes I've been through a lot of shit but also you know I haven't been through some of the shit you've been through and um you know but it keeps me moving it keeps me obviously knowing that I need to be more supportive to people like you my friends who are just you know struggling but because I'm just in a better place right now I'm still struggling mentally I'm still struggling with some of my demons but physically, I'm I'm doing okay. I mean, my eyes still suck, but I'm 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 in a place where I can advocate, and I am in a place like you might be. Let's just say you're a year behind me. Maybe you can just in a year, you're just like, okay, now I need to advocate because this podcast came along and something else came along and this and that, and um, you know, the more the more knowledge and the more you you get more as comfortable as you can possibly get with this with everything you have thrown at you, um, you know, then you can be a little more comfortable and you can advocate and you do things to just, you know, I hate to see someone sit around who, you know, obviously I'm sure you feel sorry for yourself. You start to go down the pipe of hating yourself and hating life and all these things. And it's like the only way you're going to be able to fight it is actually do something good and impact people. Cause the one thing that really gets me out of bed when I've wanted to quit this podcast multiple times is someone randomly reaches out to me that I do not know. And they say, I help get them through a day. And that immediately just makes it worth everything. Um, oh, you've definitely planted a seed, I think, in a lot of people's minds. 
Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I am. I'm, I'm trying. It it's trust me. It I I'm not gonna sit here and say this is easy. This is stressful. It, it's absolutely stressful. It's it's depressing on its own. It, it has brought more depression that I didn't expect, but has also brought way more happiness. And it's brought some things that just some feelings I never had. And um, you know, wanting to be heard. I said to you before, and and, and I'm I'm getting heard. Um, and I feel like that's something you can do. And I'm not, it doesn't have, like I said, it doesn't have to be what I do. Uh, it doesn't have to be any of that. It could be something in your own niche. I don't, I, you know, I don't know all your likes and, and dislikes, but you know, any way I can help, please let me know. Um, Definitely. So there's a lot of apps out there. There's a lot of things like, you know, I know you have limitations, but as I've said before, fuck limitations. You, you There's always a way around something. Um, I use that word many times every day when I can't do something. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, trust me, I, I get it. But you, you, you know, you, you haven't given up for a reason, so you might as well continue to keep pushing to whatever that thing is. Because again, I'm not trying to hijack your episode, but one of the things I can give you as far as advice is um, when I when I get into these places, like so, when I look at the big picture of the podcast, because I start going further down the road of okay, how am I going to get an advertiser? How am I going to make money? Because I want to quit the job that I'm at. I, it's okay. It makes money. It pays my rent, but I really don't want to do it. Um, and so I want to quit it. But so I, I keep looking at like, how can I quit tomorrow? Cause I don't want to do this shit. So I keep looking at, uh, you know, how can I get the numbers up and how can I find bigger guests and celebrities and all the, I keep looking, I keep trying to do all this because I'm trying to sabotage myself. Um, and you just kind of have to just sit back and you have to really, analyze all of it and realize where you came from. And so for me, I came from having 10 downloads. I came from doing nothing to doing 10 downloads to buying a thousand, over a thousand dollars in equipment and to actually talking to people like you. I, I just met you a couple days ago and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we're getting closer as we meet and all that. And, you know, I keep meeting all these amazing people from all over the world. And I now just got hit 10,000 downloads. I, I couldn't have done that if I didn't. Yeah, thank you. And I couldn't have done that without putting all this effort in. And so sometimes I forget about all the accomplishments that I've hit along the way because I'm looking at the end goals. I'm looking at the the comparisons to other shows and all that nonsense. But those shows didn't go through what I got through. They didn't they didn't start from the, the point that I started from. So um, right. And for you, like, you know, yes, you do sit and, and you do a lot of watching TV and crossword puzzles and all that. And we all need time for ourselves. We all have to go back to our habits and what makes us comfortable. But coming out of your comfort zone is what you have to do to kind of, um, you know, honestly succeed in a lot of ways. Uh, if I didn't start putting myself out and start talking about all the horrible things I've been through and I just kept it to myself, well, I wouldn't help anybody by being silent or lying or, or whatever. So for you, like, you know, whatever it is that you want to do to get yourself out there, you can absolutely do it. And there are people that will listen to you. Um, it's just, you first have to, it's kind of like the addiction thing where it's like, oh, I, I have a problem and not, this is your problem, but you have to just say like, okay, I have to admit that, okay, I have a disability. Okay. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever you feel that is that you're shy or embarrassed about. And then you just got to be as honest as you can and just put it out to the world. And, um, I think that's the one thing that's missing in the world. It's just raw, like unfiltered content. Um, you know, everybody, I agree. Everybody needs an editor. Everybody needs some more sort of background music and everything to just kind of cutesy it up. But no one wants to have real unfiltered content where you say how you really feel. You may explain it, 
but you don't take a snippet of it and just have five words where someone takes out of context. Like everything is right there for the person to hear. And it may be unsettling. It may be sad. It may, may, may anger you, it, whatever. But if it gets an emotion out of you, it, it did something. Um, yeah. And for you, like, yeah, there's so much in your life and so much you can unravel for the world. I think you can actually do some good and I'll shut up. I think we're meant to teach lessons. I'm not a religious person at all, but I believe that we're all here to do something for somebody. Mm-hmm. There's got to be somebody that's going to hear this story or one of the stories you've done before and think, oh my God, that's like me. Maybe I need to start a podcast. Maybe I need to start a video blog, you know? Right. Well, and I think another way you can look at it is, um, so your son has some of the things that you have and look at all the things that you have to go through. Obviously you're much older than your son and your son's going to struggle with a lot of the same things and he already has. And it's Mm -hmm. like, do you, do you want your son to go through everything you went through? Like everything verbatim? Um, do you want your, your son's life to be as hard as yours? And there's so many ways we can make changes. And again, no matter what, physically, there's a lot of pains and things he's going to come with. It's going to come with, but the more information we have out there and the more people talk, you know, that's why I said I do this because I, I don't want people to go through everything I went through. Even if it's just simply starting a podcast, I don't want people to have to try to bust their ass and constantly try to, you know, just, Hey guys, please pay attention to me because I, you know, it's, it's like, you're trying to, be, I'm not an attention whore, but it's like, I feel like I am. I'm constantly shooting up flares. Like, Hey guys, please just, I'm trying to do some good. And, and I don't want people to have, I just want people to just put something out naturally and people listen to it uh, and gravitate towards it. And so kind of bringing it back to you like you know you should make it so the more you speak up the less it is so your son doesn't have to go through it maybe maybe you can make a difference just in the little that you can do and maybe it turns into something big you know maybe it it eases up your son's life and just in the disability part obviously you still can fight for you know gay rights and transgender rights and all that as well but like I said there's so many people fighting for that that Mm -hmm. you know I think you could do more good in the disability part of it just because that's where you lean more. And also, like I said, your son also is disabled himself. Um, and he's going to yeah. struggle more with that than the gay stuff because there are, it's starting to be more proper and available that it, it, or acceptable that people can be gay and can be transgendered, can be whatever they want than it is to be disabled. True. <clears throat> and like I said, I, I don't want you to not, I want you to fight for whatever you believe in, but I also don't want you to give up on, you know, I, I, you know, I commend you for sticking up for your kid, of course, but you also should never, you know, but he also, as you said, he's also disabled. So you can't forget that other part of him. And, uh, you know, you don't want him to grow up being comfortable with being gay and then uncomfortable with being disa- disabled. Uh, not that it, not that he is or isn't, but you know, like I said, I think for me, no, it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, you know, you got to fight for both. One, because it's you and, and then also your son. But I think it's it's just, it's better to make the next, because I think the goal is just to make our the next generation better. Um, and then the next generation makes better for the next generation. You just keep passing it on. And we have progressed in so many ways in this world. But, you know, like I said, if you, you know, this the disability rights are so far back from all the other ones, including gay rights and black and, and women and so on. Um mm-hmm. And but the more people like you that speak up, um, even specifically just for your condition alone or chronic pain, um, because, you know, one of the things you were saying earlier about 
how hard it was for you to get a disability. I could imagine it's probably harder for people who have chronic illnesses to get disabilities than people who have physical ones because it's because you know, unfortunately, a lot of things are very visual to people. And yeah. if I walk in with a cane and gla- dark glasses, it's like, oh, he's totally blind. We should just give him a disability. Or I'm missing legs or whatever. That's like, okay, he, he's he's really screwed up. We got to get him disability. Um, but for someone like you who, yeah, you may be limping or you may be walking funny or whatever, there's still a lot of people that just think you're faking it because all your stuff is internal. Um, yeah. That's not right, but that's how a lot of people feel. Um and so, I mean, there's people that don't think that, you know, depression and anxiety and all that isn't like, like mental disabilities. They don't think they really exist other than the people that are just like absolutely like crazy and, and schizophrenic and all that. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, like, you, like I said, there's so much, and even just, just being a, dep- a mental health advocate, that that's needed because there's so few people that talk about it. I'm going to look around in my area and see what I can help with because. You're right. I really never thought about doing it, but you're right. I think that would be something good to do. Yeah. Because I don't want you to just, you know, and again, look, I, I say this since I'm saying it to myself. Like, I don't want you to just rot and just waste your life when I think you can do some good. Um, you really can. And again, I know you're not completely rotting and all that, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want you to just sit there and constantly just do crossword puzzles for the next 30 years. I want you yeah. to, you can do those things, but I want you to just kind of just constantly just dip your toe in little pockets of genres of entertainment or whatever, and just put yourself out there because the more honest you're going to be, you're going to impact more people. Um, even if it pisses people off, you hurt people's feelings. Like, so, so, so be it. It happens. I've done it. Um, but that's not, if that's not your intention, then it doesn't matter. Like you get to a point where you realize like you just own it. And if you mean well, then people will pick up on that. There are people that aren't going to pick up on it, but that's, that's, it's not made for them. Not everything is made for everyone. Um, right. And so, you know, just you being a woman, someone will hear just the pain you've gone through as a woman and they'll relate to you. As I said to you the other day, just like there are people who will listen to this episode and, and listen to you and relate to certain things of your life. Uh, maybe not even the chronic illnesses, just, just being a woman or being a mother or being a mother of a, of a gay son. Like that may be something that'll hit somebody. Uh, and they, mm-hmm. they don't even resonate with the rest of it. Um, but it helps them to know that like, Hey, okay, this is how you do it. This is the proper way. This is, you know, so, uh, like I said, there's so many people that are hurting just as much as you are emotionally, physically, uh, as much less more. Um, but it, it's just about helping everyone and as much as you can. And so, like I said, helping gay rights and all that, that's great, but don't forget about the mental health stuff. Don't forget about, you know, fibromyalgia, because fibromyalgia is, it's a known condition, but it's not like the most popular thing. It's not cancer. No, it's not blindness. It's not deafness. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's known, but how many people would, if you said, what is fibromyalgia, how many people would actually give you a real description on what it is other than people that are close to that situation or have it? So, you know, you don't want people to just not know about it. And and like I said, the more people that come out of the habit and that aren't embarrassed about it and own it, then they, uh, yeah, you you can do some good and and spread awareness on those things. Yeah. My brain is just thinking now all the things (laughs) I I could be doing to help and you make my afternoon. (laughs) I'm glad. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know where that, this is what I said to the other day about like, you just can't really 
think where all this stuff can go because I never. This is not like I usually don't just get on here and give advice to people, but I, I kind of know where you're at mentally in your life, and you know, of course, I do genuinely love and, and feel for you and what you're going through. So, and I'm not going to sit here and just get on here and just go like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I feel terrible for you," even though even if I do. That's not what you want. I, I genuinely want to do something that actually benefits your life. And if it's stupid, me just spewing everything I've been through or, you know, what I have accomplished. And if it helps you in some way, like, screw it. I might as well do it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, because, you know, and again, I, I think everyone, you know, some people that come on here and their lives are so like, they're just doing shit and they make me feel like I'm not doing anything. And to some people, my life and what I'm doing is a lot, way more than what they're doing. And so you can't really compare yourself to them. Because like I said, I told you I interviewed a woman who had no arms and she's flying a plane with her feet. It's like, I think I've been on like five planes in my life and I didn't fly any of them. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I know a guy who just paralyzed himself and he, he figured a way to tighten, fix his muscles in his back. And all of a sudden he's walking again and he's walking tight ropes over the Grand Canyon and all this shit. And it's like... Like, dude, I haven't, like, I've been to, like, five states. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> you know, and so I feel so little. And that's why I, I, I think that's one of my biggest stresses in my life is I want to do more so much. Uh, and I never know how to do it, but things continue to keep coming every so often. It's just those quiet times that really make me anxious and really make me worry about, like, oh, maybe this is it. This is the best I can do. Um and so, you know, and like I said, that's why it's about supporting each other and sticking with each other. It's not just like, oh, I want you to support me by listening to my podcast. No, like you can. And that that's great. That does support me. But also I rather just, hey, you know, every so often say, hey, TJ, how you doing? Because that supports me in just living because I know someone cares and wants to know if I'm all right. Um, because oh, that's, definitely. And that's what I do for everyone or try. And again, I, forget, I I don't remember everybody. I try my best and um, I'm grateful that I have enough people that. I do care about that I can reach out to, but you know, that that's to me is the biggest thing is just knowing that someone out there genuinely cares about how you're feeling. And, uh, it's an underrated thing to, to give someone. Well, I think you've definitely made a lot of friends through this and you definitely will be at its high friends list by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, no, I appreciate it. You're already on mine, but yeah, it, it yeah, you know, like I said, I, you know, I, I just want you to, you know, you know, do some good with what you have because, you know, again, we don't know how much time we have in this world either, and yeah. you know, like I said, you don't know how many people right now that are struggling with fibromyalgia or any chronic illness or any disability that they're just praying to God someone speaks up for them because they are the little man, they are the person that they feel not enough of us are speaking for them. Um, whereas a I lot, think- yeah, go ahead. I agree. I think that's why I felt so much shame is because nobody talks about it. So I didn't realize there were other people out there that had the same conditions I did and were going through the same thing. And yeah, I, I gosh, I never thought of it that way. That, that sounds crazy, but I never stopped and thought this, I'm doing exactly what I hoped somebody else wouldn't do, you know? Right. Well, I, mean, I think if, if it's the one I thought you listened to, that woman had fibromyalgia, which was the last episode I put out. Um, yeah, it was. Right. And, and, you know, there's Facebook groups out there. There's people on Instagram that are constantly posting, like, inspiring things with fibromyalgia. Um, you know, the girl that I interviewed, 
when I found her, uh, Jenny, I found her by just like Googling, like what are some of the best Instagrammers for, for fibromyalgia, just advocates. And she was oh, one yeah. of the first people that came up. Um, and like I said, she's known for her 15 years of, of, of advocacy for people with chronic illness. Um, mm-hmm. and again, yeah, you don't know those people exist, but they're out there. And that's why, like I said, you join the fray, you join the front line. There's just another person fighting. Um, and I've said many times, like, I feel like when one of us does give up, it's like losing 10 of us because there's so few, or it's like gaining 10 of us because so few of us actually join the fight because we're so embarrassed about what we are, what we have or what we lack that we don't, yeah. we don't want to expose ourselves to the world. We'd rather just kind of hide in the shadows and, and just kind of, because we, we always feel like back to the bringing full circle to the beginning of, we feel like people are staring at us and, and laughing and, um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like, you know, fuck it. Like you can laugh at me all you want, but you could never get through what I get through. You don't understand how hard it is to be me. You don't even know what it's like to stand. You don't know what it's like to just hurt in every way, emotionally, physically. You don't know what it's like to just constantly, you know, think about the end and, and you, just in general, you don't know how to get through my life. And, and, you know, yeah, you may laugh or you may think you have it better than me. And, and in some ways you do, but I'd rather be me in a lot of ways. Like I'd rather be me than just anyone else as far, or a lot of these other people because, you know, I've been through a lot of shit and I'm still standing and, you know. Yeah. yeah. If we changed one thing in our lives, we wouldn't have what we have now. So I would never want to change anything that I've been through or that's happened to me because I wouldn't have my boys. I wouldn't have Scott. I wouldn't have family and friends and meet new people that are, helping with this kind of thing right and and look and i've said this to my friend darcy who was on the woman i was talking about earlier you know it's a trickle down effect like and especially in this case more than even hers because your son has a lot of the same things that you have and so Mm -hmm. by the example that you set by just obviously being a great person a good mother and and all that and advocating for all his problems but especially for fibromyalgia and all the disability stuff just i think and not to put the pressure on you, but if you show that like you're embarrassed or that you hate yourself for your disability or whatever, you don't, you don't advocate and you don't put yourself and push that envelope. Maybe he'll feel that way. Now, maybe not. Maybe he'll be doing the complete opposite. Kids do that all the time. But if, you know, it seems like you guys are really close. And if you advocate for that, then maybe he'll, you know, again, it's, it's the next generation. So maybe he'll be more accepting of his disability. And then any person he runs into with a disability, he'll accept them and, you know, he'll advocate stronger than you did and then he'll pass it on to the next person. And, you know, and that's how you continue to just build a community you continue to do good and pass it to the next, you know, generation. So, you know, like I said, it's a trickle down effect. So your strength obviously resides in your family and they stay know what you go through and your husband wouldn't do all the things he does for just some busted woman. And I mean, busted mentally who just is like, I don't, I don't need to cook. I don't need to clean. I don't need to do anything. I am, you married me. I can do whatever the hell I want. He knows what you go through and he knows how hard it is for you to do certain things. And I'm sure he, he finds it admirating that you even try to pick up a dustpan and you do all these things. Um, and so, like I said, by you even trying, by you doing the things that you already do and you will eventually continue to do it strengthens obviously the bond with your family, but it strengthens them to be better people themselves. It does. 
And like I said, it, it's much more so in this case because of your son, because your son is so much like you with all the things he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, the more you show that you're not embarrassed about being disabled and that you can overcome what you're going through and you do already, the more you're powerful about it and the more you're outspoken about it, then he'll see that and hopefully he'll pass that on because, you know, I know I'm sure you don't want him to be embarrassed about being who he is. No, and it never dawned on me if I, I have said to him, I'm embarrassed to use my scooter and I never realized that's going to damage him if he's got to have a scooter later in life. He's right. going to think, oh crap, mom didn't want to ride one. I'm not going to ride one. Right. And I, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with you being, you're not wanting to, because anyone obviously can see why you wouldn't want to do that. No one would want to, because it's a complete like, Hey, look at me. I'm completely, you know, there's, I'm something's wrong with me and it draws attention. And it's, it's, we don't want that kind of shit, but it's, it's more about how you go down the road. And now that you have somewhat settled in and now you've dealt with this for as long as you dealt with it. And if you're still showing, Oh God, I'm so embarrassed to be, you know, have chronic illness and, and all these things. That's where, you know, obviously the older he gets, the more he gets to understand that and he sees it and um, it's more telling to him. So that, that that's where you have to, you know, like I said, in the beginning, I don't think anybody could blame you for wanting to or just feeling a certain way about scooters and all that. So uh, it's, it's, yeah. just, it's more about how you go forward with it. Um, I have definitely changed my point of view on a few things today with this conversation and I thank you <laughs> thank for that you. oh you're <laughs> all welcome. good things you're welcome I did, I did, like I said I, that that's why when people people overthink these things because I mean I know other people have their own way of going about this but I I'm so just like try to be friend friendly and just say hey let's just have a conversation that goes where it goes and because there was like well do you have questions you can ask questions I'm like yeah but it, it's it's more about you and of course now I hijacked it but it's it, it it's more like I said. I this has never happened on any other episodes. Uh, I mean, I've given advice and stuff, but some people are, you know don't need it. Uh, some people want it. Some people don't you know, need it. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm happy that it, it helps. Um, like I said, I care for you. I don't want you to, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I'm trying to better my life, and you know, any way I can help someone better their life, even if it's just some stupid advice of hey, start a YouTube channel or something and do it because it's, it's powerful to get your voice out there and to talk and um, because you're going to eventually bump into someone like you and you're going to eventually help somebody. And then that's going to make you feel good. And you're going to be like, wow, I've been sitting in this chair and all I do is this and this, but now I can sit here and just hold an iPad or whatever. And I can talk to people all over the world who have fibromyalgia. It's like, or, or any illness and I can help. I could do something because you know, from the outside, it looks like you can't do anything. But that's what the world wants you to think. They don't want you to know that you can do stuff. Everything has to be so obvious. Like, well, you can't, how could you help somebody if you can't walk or you can't talk or you can't do it? It's like, there's ways around everything. It's just, we have to find them. And sometimes you got to flip over a lot of rocks to find that shit. And, um, you know, and so, yeah, like I said, and now you're in a time where, you know, especially now more people want to stay in house because of the COVID stuff, but you know, there's right. so many ways to meeting people. And like I said, there's so many Facebook groups for disabilities and, and chronic illnesses and stuff. Just look around and, and just look up Instagram and look at all the people that are just posting. There's, there's, there's girls that are modeling with no legs or no arms, you know, oh, and wow. they're pretty girls, but they know that they stick out 
Um, but they, they get up there and they, they walk a runway with no legs or no arms. Um, or they have no legs and they get up and they, you know, they dress up and they put all the makeup on and, and look gorgeous and they roll their wheelchair down the runway. Like people are doing shit like that because they want to show that they're beautiful no matter what they look like. So, um, yeah. And like I said, that's, that's what I'm saying. There's so much more you can do. You just, and again, I don't even know where I'm going in the next two years or whatever. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with the flow and see what happens. And, you know, I didn't know I was having this conversation today. I know I was going to interview you, but I didn't know where it was going to go. I think it was really good. Yeah. Let me, uh, let's see. Cause you sent me a whole thing and I want to make sure we covered everything before. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, so I muted the mic to try to find, um, she sent me a long list of just things to kind of keep her on track, but we completely went off the track. <laughs> so, uh, and that was a lot of to do with me, not you, but yeah, we did cover everything you wanted to talk about, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, what, what, do you, what do you feel like you've taken from this episode and, and what do you, what do you feel like you would like to do in the next, whatever, couple of years with just advocate, advocating or, or whatever? Definitely advocating that and being proud of who I am, being proud of the disabilities, the shame, I just let the shame consume me and I hate that. When you said you're teaching that. I was thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, I did not realize that. I, I'm showing other little kids, other adults, that it's not something to be proud of. And as of today, I'm changing that. I'm very proud of myself, and I'm going to use my scooter. I'll use my cane. I'll use my walker, and I'm going to advocate for healthcare and more funding for medication, things like that, definitely. Yeah, because how many people have these conversations that you and I are having to themselves? Yeah. Uh, or to people that just can't help them or who don't understand mm -hmm. them and, and, and won't help them because that's not it's not impacting them. Um, that's one thing. I, um, I don't think a lot of uh, congressmen, things like that, I don't think they know what the pain and struggles are for people and that's why they don't fight for the Medicaid bill and we just need more people to teach them what's going on yeah yeah and it's yeah I mean if someone you know someone does run for congressman or, or president or senator or whatever and they're up there walking with a cane and it's not just because they're old but like whatever they're, they're struggling but they're still mentally all there they're, they're fighting and they're showing how strong and because people don't really know how courageous people with disabilities are. And yeah. even, even, even when you feel the way you do, where you're kind of, you know, you have shame and stuff, we all kind of have that, but you know, you don't really, you know, especially with a lot of these chronic illnesses, a lot of these people, you know, that's where the invisible disability stuff comes from. And you mm -hmm. don't really know how much people, even if it's just a mental disability, you don't know how much someone is struggling, how much someone is just fighting for their life physically or mentally, emotionally, whatever. Um, and you don't know how strong we are. And, not, you know, like I said, I don't even care. You could take me out of the equation. You don't know how strong people with disabilities are. And they're the strongest people I've ever met. Um, because, you know, it, it's, 
it's not easy. There's nothing easy about having a disability. And there's some people have it harder when it comes to other, you know, certain disabilities, depending on what your disability is, it gets harder and harder. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, the, 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 the most screwed up part about this is is as rough as your life is, there's worse than you. And, and that, you know, and again, there's people that are on the same par with you. There's people that are obviously better off than you, whatever, but there are people are still struggling. And, you know, the more you speak up and the more you talk and, for the things that matter to you. And like I said, it's, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with fighting for stuff for your son, as far as the gay rights and all that. But there's a lot of us, you know, the disabled community is blended in all these communities. And you see a lot of people with disabilities fighting for black lives matter, fighting for me too, and fighting for LGBTQ and all these other things, but then they never fight for their own. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, it's okay if you're proud to be those things, but don't forget at the end of the day, like you're fighting for those causes, but those people aren't coming over and fighting for yours. And so you should, you should make aware of the 1.6 billion people that have a disability that are struggling, that are overcoming and all these things. Don't, you know, I, I, you know, I've, I've learned to be more proud of my disability and be more proud of everything I've came that I've gotten through because I don't know how I did it, but I did. And you know, you do it every day. Yeah. You kind of fight a war on yourself every day, and when you win at the end of the day, you need to be proud of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we internalize, and so we say, like, oh, we're Mm -hmm. we're useless and we're ugly, or we're all these things that we just beat the shit out of ourselves, and but we don't realize, like, you know, what it is that we are just enduring on a daily basis. Even the mental warfare, where we're just we're so oh, yeah. hard on ourselves and we don't really ever give ourselves a chance to just go, damn, like you did all that. You're still here. Like, like you almost like, you're a crazy person. How are you still here? Like, yeah. Give yourself a fucking round of applause. Like you're, you're still standing after all this. Um, you know, again, like you could be a cold hearted person. You could just sit there and go like, well, I got someone who take care of me. I don't got to even try to clean. I don't even have to try to do anything. I got a husband to do all that. But you don't think that way. You still think about no. the team. You still think about putting in your effort. Um, and that, that, that shows hope and that shows that you still want to do something. Um, and so, that, like I said, there's always, you still have a little fight left and maybe more than you even can imagine. It's just you got to kind of have to ignite that fire and start just, kind of pouring on the the gasoline I guess you got to really just get going because you know it's so much easier to kind of advocate so much easier to do a lot of things now because of how you know available the internet and available how many of these groups and things you can just pop in and out and talk to somebody here and there and um, you know I've interviewed people with conditions that are so rare and they're like well you met three of us like that's impossible we haven't even met another one like us and you've met three of us and it's like yeah, because the internet. <laughs> Hello. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, you're in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm in Iowa, and you left a message in a, a support group that I was in, and if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have been able. You wouldn't have been able to reach the people you did. Right. The technology is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has its, you know, it has its moments of, you know, ignorance and stupidity. Yeah. 
but there's a lot of good that comes from it, and that's what you have to take from it. And, that, and that's the same way you can look at your life. There's a lot of bad shit in your life, but there's still some good you can do with it, and there's still some good there. Um, uh, you know, kind of bringing it back to, like I said, with your husband and your kids, like you have that, you have your family. And there are people right now that are living the same life as you, and they're just alone. Maybe a caregiver, but they don't have your husband. They don't have that. They don't have anybody to cuddle up with and just say, I love you. Um, I mean, hey, I'm alone. I don't, I mean, in, in that way, I'm single. And, you know, I'm always looking for someone to just be with, but it just doesn't work itself out. And that that's one of my biggest struggles. But I also don't have a lot of other problems. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's just you got to look at the good that you do have. And even though it's hard, but, you, you know. You could try not to let it consume you and just keep pushing. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you really want to talk about? It's, a, it's up to you. It's your episode. I'm looking at my list really quick. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess if there's anything you would like to share or, you know, say or give advice to anyone out there or whatever. <clears throat> I think my advice would be take the time to listen to yourself and self-care I really never considered fighting for myself until today and I think had I just taken the time to stop and sit and listen I could have done that a lot longer or I'm sorry a longer look pills were kicking in. <laughs> That's okay. I could have done it a long time ago, you know. But yeah. everything happens in time. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, we'll wrap up, but yeah, no, I, it, it's just, it's, it, you know, I'm sure that's what your family wants. Your family does, you know. I'm sure they they love that you fight for them, but you know, they want you to fight for yourself too, because. You know, it, it to get that jolt, that uh, jolt of energy of just positivity and things to look forward to and all, you want that and you want to feel good about what you're doing. And obviously sitting around doing crossword puzzles is not going to, it's not going to do that. Um, no. And so you have a lot to offer and, you know, you'll do it. And like I said, whatever you need, please just ask me and, um, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to help you. Uh, but just in general, like I said, I'll definitely check on you and keep in touch. Even if you want to talk once a week or every so often, whatever you want, I'm here. Um, yeah, I always try that to would make, be great. I always try to make time for you. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm glad you came on. I really am. I'm happy we did this. Thank you for reaching out. That was really awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just never know what could happen. And that's, so that's kind of the beauty of this show of, what it's turned into is just making friends and, you know, keeping people in tune with just the world. Like, hey, there are a lot of us out here going through the same thing and let's just do it together because it's, it's, it's really hard and impossible to do it alone. Because I can't do this yeah. shit alone. If this podcast, I've said it before, if this podcast gets big, every person that, on, that has been on here gets absolute credit because, yes, I found you, I looked for you, I created the show, I did the, you know... I named it and all that, but without any of you guys, this show is pointless. So, um, and I want to like, I want to like put a light on the disability community as a whole, not TJ. 
Um, I want people to know me. I want people to know what I've gone through and what I've struggled with and all that. But at the, as, a, as a whole, I say I'm a disability and mental health advocate. I don't say I'm an mm-hmm. advocate for my podcast or I'm an advocate for me. <clears throat> so, What made you decide to start being an advocate? Well, someone said it to me while I was doing this podcast, like, I don't know, five months in. It's like, well, you're, you're, you're a disability advocate. And I'm like, I wanted to like refute that and say, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. But then I'm like, I guess I am. I advocate for people with disabilities. It's kind of the definition. Um, but I, I just, you know, I know what it's like to be the person who is just, you know, whether it was bullying or, or just picked on and, and just not heard and no one wants to hear from you and, and, I see all these special interest groups and all these causes and then I see none of ours and I see so many people like us that are struggling and you know I saw a woman today at the eye doctors and she was pushing her wheelchair and she's struggling. I don't know how she got there. I don't know if someone's coming to pick her up and I just went up to her and said, "Hey, do you need help?" and I just pushed her, you know, 15 feet to her chair. Um and I'm not saying that to make me look good. I'm just saying like no one even tried to reach out to help her. Um, yeah. and she's at the eye doctor so she obviously has more than just being in a wheelchair um, right. because that whole department there is all for eyes. So, you know, but she was, she, she couldn't move the weight of her and the wheelchair. She was really struggling little by little. She was like inches by inches. So she was going to take forever. And so I just asked her, she need help. And she said, please. And she just leaned back in a chair and I just pushed her over. And that's, you know, it's like, you know, I, I hate to see people struggle. I really do. It's, it's sad. And, mm-hmm. and I struggle with my own shit, but I also, it helps me to know that I can help others. So, um, I, like I said, I fell into it. I didn't really, it wasn't something I thought I was ever going to do. I always, always had the, the fantasies and the dreams of wanting to help people. You know, you have the little like dumb fantasies where like a girl's being attacked and you get her off. And then all of a sudden she's like, Oh, I love you. And all that dumb shit. Like things when you're a kid, you think all these stupid things, but you don't really mm-hmm. know what that turns into. And now you're at a point where it's like, okay, you're doing superhero like stuff. You're doing things that are helping people. It's just, it's not what you envisioned it would be. Um, and so, yeah, I've always wanted to advocate. I've always, and I've done little motivational speaking stuff for visually impaired stuff and, you know, for colleges and stuff, but I, I never, it was much, it was on a much smaller level. Um, and you know, a much, it, it wasn't this broad of a scale of conversation based. Cool. Yeah. Um, you don't have anything to promote, right? No, I just recently made a, tiktok page where i was thinking about doing uh little things where what i do in the morning when i get up uh, what it's like on shot day and what it's like on infusion day it doesn't that's an idea though that's what i'm saying it starts with those it starts with ideas even if they don't happen it starts with those um just kind of quickly to end it like when i started this i had i think i said to you before i had like 10 to 12 ideas and now you know, I had like 12 episodes written down and not even in order, but just kind of what I wanted to do. And then now I just put out episode 72 and you're going to be episode 98. So 98. Yeah. And it's like how I never would have imagined 98 episodes would happen. So, and I have another five more people that are ready to go. And so I'm going to easily crack well over a hundred episodes and continue to go from there. But I keep looking at like, what's coming next. And I don't know, but I didn't know any of this was coming. So you have ideas, just continue to write them down continue to kind of figure it out. Um, 
and, and, and something will eventually hit you enough to, you know, again, even doing this, like it, it, it kind of sparkled and, you know, sp- or sparked some ideas. So just mm-hmm. keep, keep working at it. And like I said, you need any help, just call me, text me. Yeah. Would you put my TikTok on there? Yeah. Uh, when it comes out, I'll put it in the, the link. T- okay. And you could promote it now. Like, what, what is it? Oh, it's just Mindy L. Rogers and R-O-G-E-R-S. Okay. Well, there you go. And then, yeah, it'll be in the description and that'll be it. Oh, thank you. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. And again, like I said, thank you for coming on. All right. We'll have a good rest of the evening. All right. I think I'm going to title this therapy time. <laughs> therapy time. That's a good title. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, you, uh, you have a good evening. And like I said, let me know what you come up with. Okay. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Bye. (laughs) Bye. All right, guys. That was fun. And I kind of feel bad that I hijacked that episode. Oh, I talk so much. Uh, I mean, I'm proud of myself for doing that kind of stuff for helping people. But yeah, I really wanted to be more about her. But again, I didn't know where it was going to go. And I think it turned out well. So I hope you all are, your cells are doing well. And again, you look at everyone's stories individually and you realize like, how many people are struggling and, and you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go take a shower and I don't have to hold on to anything. I don't got, I mean, I could fall, but I, so I may grab onto a shelf just in case, <laughs> but you know, I don't have to worry about anyone taking care of me and, and all these different things. And, you know, I got to be grateful for that. Um, I'm not mocking anyone's situation. Um, you know, I goof around, I fuck around a lot cause it helps get me through the day, but at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm living okay. So I hope you are as well. Um, if you're struggling and you need someone to talk to or whatever, find people in your community, reach out. If someone wants to get a hold of me, again, I'm at my blurred opinion on Instagram and facebook.com slash TJ. Or if you just go to Facebook and you type in TJ West and you type in the city Williamsport, I should come right up. Um, might be an easier way to find me. Bullets here. Bullet? You boys? You're not going to talk. Okay. Uh, I just jumped on the table. So, uh, but, uh, yeah. So if you want to re- get out, if you want to reach out to me, please. Uh, I, I mean, I've given my number out before. It's two six seven five seven four four five two nine. If somebody wants to just, just let me know where you found me and, you know, be polite and, you know, we could talk anytime. Somebody wants to be on the show, you know, somebody who struggling with anything, need a friend, just reach out to me or someone else and just keep hope alive. Um, it's not over. And, uh, yeah, I hope you are doing well. I'm doing all right. Me and Bullet are going to go chill. I don't know. We'll do something. See you guys later. Bye-bye.